we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about can we just talk? You are listening to the Friday Crew on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. And for this, can we just talk? I think our Brett Hahn had a wonderful idea. Why don't you kick it off, Brett? Tell me, what what are we talking about today? I just want to set the scene a little bit. All right, like, listen, like, imagine you're, you're, you're whether you're a gambler or, 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 or you're just... Here's the average Joe, okay? You see at the local supermarket, at a 7-Eleven, at a raffle, wherever you are, you, you see mega millions, and you see $1.2 billion that you can win in annuity payout, okay? And you think, for $2, I have a chance of life-changing money. What would you do? What would you spend all that money on? And most importantly, despite the odds, why wouldn't you play? And, and, and that's how I felt selling it this week. And when I bought my annuity ticket for the Mega Millions, the money is too high not take at least one stab at it. And Jake, I don't know about you, but $1.2 billion. I mean, yeah, yeah. granted, you got to take 33% off for taxes, but that's still an insane amount of money. What would you do with all that? That's a tough question, Brett. I think I think the first thing would be uh, get a new car, get a new house. <laughs> With that much money? My goodness, you could you could get you could get a you could get a nice car with all the fancy upgrades and stuff. You know, it'd be it'd be really nice. Um and and a good place to live would be great. You know, you could set yourself up for a while. Um, obviously pay for school, right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, I, I'm personally not looking at a graduate school at this time, but if, if you were, I mean, this would be the time, right? I mean, you got to pay for that. You could pay off all your student loans, not worry about a thing. <laughs> um, Absolutely. <laughs> and then, I mean, you got to give some of that to, to, to charity, right? I mean, you win that much money, you can't just hoard it all for yourself, right? No, no, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah, and and I mean, like, look, like, I feel like for me, you know, th- th- there's there's things that I know I would do right away if I won the lottery because I I thought about this multiple times because I've played multiple like big jackpots and and you always get stuck in like the, the dream, you know. Right. First, first thing I would do would allocate money for family, uh, friends, parents that have been good to me, you know, co- coworkers of mine that have done me favors, like like different things, like different people give you know the amount that you were fixed to give, you know, just as a courtesy, as a thank you, you know, that's that that's the first thing I would do. One other thing I came up with was place to live like, like you said jake like i don't want like a mansion i don't need like i don't need i don't need this like house with a private pool like butlers all this stuff I just need a place to live and and, and then I, then 
you know, with that place, buy like a nice car. I've always wanted an Audi R8, like my dream car oh, for my entire a, life. That's a lovely car. So I, I, I would buy myself a nice Audi R8. And, the, and, then, and then the third thing would be, you know, with that house, I would buy it big enough to where, it all, like, you know, the, all my buddies together you could live here for you, you could live here rent free let's ball out you know yeah so that's all i have so far i feel like spending money on like you know in, in my opinion of course i don't spend money on flashy things like i don't need this like ten thousand dollar chain i don't need like a gold tooth a no, nice you don't sleeve, need to get that mansion sleeve. i don't need a mansion you know like i don't need I like, I don't need like a penthouse in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, low key, simple, and just security. Those are the three most important things I'll tell and you. factors that I always consider. So. I'll tell you. I mean, winning the lottery—that's good. That that could put a spotlight on you, though. What do you do about that? I mean. Yeah, no, that's facts. I, I, I mean, you have the option to remain anonymous, so I think I would uh, probably show up. I think I would definitely show up with like some kind of face mask on. I always think back to this uh, this news story I saw like years ago, where someone in Jamaica won the big jackpot and they showed up in a screen mask. <laughs> I think I, you know, that would probably be something I would do. I don't you want just... people to know my identity. Yeah, you, you uh, just you just you show up and you're just dressed up like as like one of those guys from Squid Game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a military green camo ski mask, so I'd probably show up there in that. And um, I you know, if they ask whether you want to reveal your name or not, absolutely not. And you know, I would uh I would probably seek to replace the car that I drove in. Almost immediately, so. Because good, yeah. You know, if someone's crazy enough, nice. they could track your license plate number, and then the rest is history. You know, I don't feel like dealing with that either. I mean, that's just so. It, it's so. Like, okay, we we talked about all the thing, all the reasonable things you do with it, right? Let's say you know, you we you allocate the money for for you know you, you you give out the money to your family members that you want to give you know you get the new house you get the car you pay off your student loans you give some for charity you've got all this money left over all right now it's time now it's time to be frivolous now it's time to buy all the things or at least save up for all the things you could have ever wanted what are you getting brett <laughs> i honestly don't know jake like i'm i'm such a simple guy I don't even like like I'm not even like it, thinking like anything extravagant, you know. Like I don't I don't need it. Like I would like I would probably take a boatload of vacations, but like that I I guess that's my version of you know my version of. You tell uh, me you tell me you wouldn't want to get a, a a brand new sixty inch flat screen with a PlayStation Five. <laughs> I already have a PlayStation Five, oh. and oh. <laughs> and and uh, I, and my my forty inch LG TV will do me fine, you know. Like, I mean, I mean, I I, 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 I agree, but it. like, you know, like, 
Yeah. I, mean, I I would probably get on that PlayStation Five train because I don't I don't have one of those and those are pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, you can uh. So funny enough, we're talking about PS Fives now. Um, if, if you were looking for one, and, and you know, for you may be listening to that don't have a PS Five yet, wondering how you can get it with the chip shortages and different things that are going on, they do have them at retailers such as Walmart, a Target. And yes, they are a little bit above market value that was initially explained, but they have financing plans. That's something a few of my friends did this week, and we've been we've been playing PS5 games for the last couple of days, where they you know where you pay like an initial two hundred dollar down payment, and then for three months, six months, whatever it is, you pay a fixed amount. So that's something that they did. It's something you can do if you wanted to. Get your hands on a console now, but maybe not pay the full price right away. You know, allow you to accumulate some money and some flow. That way, when you have to make the payment, you've still got some leftover for any essentials. If you want to go out with your I friends for no a night. I had no idea you could do that with a console. Yeah, I mean, my... That's crazy. Uh, three, three of my friends just did it through Walmart. They, uh, they're on, like, a three-month financing plan. So, I mean, if, if you wanted to do that, Jake, I mean, you, you, can, you can do that. And I, I mean, honestly, I think it's worth it. Now, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to unfortunately cut you off there for a second, Brett, because our Zoom call is about to run out. So I'm going to have to bring you back in for a sec. So just give me one minute. Of course, of course. Um, Now, while, while we get Brett back in here real quick, um, you know, I mean, that, that's crazy that you can just like put a, uh, do a payment plan for a video game console. I mean, that's kind of crazy to me. But yeah, there's so many extravagant, like so many just things I want to get with a uh, with with that lottery money. I mean, I, I it's it's kind of hard for me to even picture all the things that I could just imagine. I mean, I can't even like put it all in the words. Hold on, give me one second. Just let me let him know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would probably get one of those, you know, I'd probably get like all the hottest new consoles, just, you know, be able to expand my range. I'd probably get a new TV. New TV would probably be cool. Um, and then, oh, hold on. He's coming in. Let him be in. We're bringing in Brett for one moment. Hey Brett, can we're you back. hear me? Hey, you're back. Woo! So I'm. You know, I was only, just talking about how you know I would probably get like a new TV. You know, I'd probably get like a PlayStation Five or whatever the new console was at the time if I ever won the lottery. Because let's face it, I'm not. I'm certainly not winning this one. <laughs> hey, I mean, like the odds are pretty out of your favor. Like I'm pretty sure you can get struck by lightning like three or four times. Like the odds of that are uh, more in your favor than that of winning a big jackpot, but it, it isn't unheard of. It isn't out of the question. So I mean, never say never. But you know, from from selling lottery at you know a shop or at supermarket a few days a week to make ends meet, um, I think that the people who spend like over ten dollars on it are just fools. Like you, you like. You you only need one ticket, and like getting getting 
a hundred dollars worth. Some people got two hundred dollars worth. Like, increase your odds, and then and then what? Then like maybe you'll win like four bucks, and you'll still beat that like hundred ninety six dollars. Sometimes you get lucky and you win like ten. I had somebody who got really lucky this week actually, and they only spent four dollars on it, but they won five hundred. Wow, that's so rare. You know that that. I always end up telling my people like half joking, half not. I'm like, look, look, like you're going to spend money on like something like at least, you know, instead of buying this stuff, like just go on FanDuel. (laughs) (laughs) Scam on sports. It's 10 times better. Bring it back. Bring it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm personally, uh, I'm personally not a huge better on sports. I don't really like to better on sports personally because I, I, my, my mindset is always you can never truly predict what's going to happen in a game, in any given game, in any given sport. Because whatever you think is going to happen, it could happen the complete other way. <laughs> and exactly. You- and I have the same like school thought of you. It's a, I, you know, my, my only, my only like slight variation, I guess is that I think I know what's going to happen, but I always have the stigma in my head that if I put money down on it, then the opposite's going to happen because I put money down. Right. See, so that, I'm very superstitious. Thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's tough to think. It's tough to imagine. Like kind of going back to the to the question you posed, like what would I do with all that money? I mean, like I say I would, obviously give it to charity i don't even know what charity i would give it to or even if it was just one you know yeah you could also start a non-profit to offset some of your taxes you you could you could start a non-profit i mean you could start your own business i mean or i could just be greedy hoard it all to myself and just have enough money to live on for the rest of my life and not have to work it's, it's not true. an ideal way of living, but it's something you could do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, look, I mean, I would say, like, and allocating your funds to you know, make that last your entire life is the, you know, is the dream. And going back to the whole thing in the beginning, when, you know, when we were setting the scene, talking about it being life-changing money, that is plenty of money to last you your entire life if it is managed properly. There's no doubt. That's what makes it so surreal. Like, like, yeah, there's certain things you would want to do. Yeah, you got an obligation to, you know, to pay back, you know, maybe those who have been there, like, for you in certain steps of your life or, like, a part of your immediate family or, or friend circle, whatever, right? Depending on how you, you know, how you spread your money around. But still, at the end of at the end of all of those expenses, you're still going to have plenty of money to live comfortably. As long as you don't mess it up or like spend it on like really dumb stuff. And you're, you're, you're I mean, set. to me, I, I just don't see the, the benefit in buying like multiple multi-million dollar cars and getting a giant mansion because it's like you got all this money, right? You want to, you want to be set. You don't want to have to, I mean, you win all that money. You don't have to work another day for the rest of your life. Why would, exactly. why would you know, why would you, why would you blow that? Right. 
exactly. And, and like, and like, that's kind of why I, I answered your question before, you know, of like, honestly, I don't know what I do because when, when I'm, when I'm dealing with any amount of money, it could be, it could be $15 in my checking account. It could be, it could be a K. It could be like, it could be 15 K. Uh, it, it could be like a penny you found on the sidewalk. The first thing I'm thinking of is how do I save this and how do I make it last? Security is just so important. And that's something that, you know, that a lot of when they first win the lottery. You hear all the time of like them going crazy and then the well drying up. I would be terrified if I had that much money all of a sudden. It's not like, oh, my God, I have it. Like, oh, my God, I have like, 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 like let's do something with it. It's like, oh, my God, I have it. How am I not going to lose it? Like, how do I just keep you all know? this money for as long as possible? <laughs> exactly. Sustainability and security. Two important factors that a lot, you know, that, that, that go, go along with the can we just talk thing. I feel like that's something like financial security and like managing your money and all these life lessons. Why is high school not teaching this? Oh my goodness! You know it was the that that's the craziest thing because I remember one of the first classes yeah. I took here uh, at at Rutgers was a personal finance class, and I remember just the thing I was constantly thinking when I was taking that class is why didn't I have this class in high school? I had to take calculus, calculus, something I'm never going to use exactly. in my entire life unless I'm a physicist, which I'm not. Because if I was, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about sports. <laughs> you know, once a week. <laughs> um, so why why I have to take calculus in high school? You know, but but I I I wasn't required to take personal finance, which is also a math class and would be much more useful. Right, and and and, and I feel like I don't know I don't know if this happened at your school either, but they don't push you like in the guidance office to take those courses. At, at, at least when I when I was at Ridge, they didn't really. They they didn't really do that for me, maybe because I didn't really you know maybe because I didn't show lack of interest maybe or maybe because I didn't really show an interest to it maybe because you know they're they're very careful in like you know trying to steer students in a certain direction, and I respect it you know it's it, it's something to cover your own ends, but at the same time like you know it, there was personal finance at my high school as well and um. High school. I, I took some in senior year instead. It was called senior math topics. It was a joke. It was essentially recapping what you already learned the previous three years of high school. And once a week, every Friday, we would watch this movie called Numbers. All right. Every every Friday, it was just this movie day, this random math movie. And Sounds like my German class. An easy worksheet. <laughs> hey, right. And, 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 and you know. I didn't think much of it at the time, you know, because I, all I want to do is graduate high school. Like, th that's the pinnacle. It's kind of like every level you get to, right? Like, you're, you know, in, in, in high school, regardless of what year you're in, you're like, all right, senior year, I have to graduate. College, same thing. Like, I'm I'm set to graduate in the spring. The only thing in my head right now is, is like, I like I need to graduate. I want to start, you know, I want to start working. Like, like, like that's... And then, then when you're working somewhere, it's like when you when you're at an entry level job, it's kind of like, all right, what do I have to do to get to the top? And it's just constantly like, 
you know, it's constantly building and constantly thinking about what's next. That sometimes it, stuff in the moment is just so easy to forget about or so easy to like rush over. And kind of going back to the whole like, you know, finance talk, like in high school, thinking about those kind of things in high school i wish you know you you, you kind of like were pushed by like teachers and guidance counselors to really hone in on those factors because it would have been very important to look at going into like college where you know some of us got to take loans out um you know you, you know you have to manage your meal swipes If you're buying, if you're like buying food to make, like what, what your weekly like grocery budget is and all this stuff, I haven't had to go through that because I commute. But like I, plenty of my friends who are already in the workforce, because I'm a little bit older and I did college backwards, um, <laughs> that have um, they've um, they've already experienced all this and they've looked back and they wish they had something like it. So it's always something I think about. I don't know. I don't know about it, you. Jake, there's something but... else to it, and it's just kind of more my my issue with the way that like the education system kind of works. Is that I remember when I was in middle school, by the time you get to eighth grade, the whole thing is just no. We're just trying to prepare you for high school. Spoiler alert: they didn't, um, because I feel like I wasn't ready at all. But you know, that's neither here nor there. And in high school, everything's just about we're we're just preparing you to get into college. And it's like no, like actually teach me life skills. You know, one of the things I feel like it's been kind of overwhelming, you know, being in college is just having to learn how to do things, you know, like manage money and, you know, all that stuff. Like in high school, they don't really teach you that. They teach you. They're like, no, you have to learn algebra. Why? Why do I have to learn algebra? (laughs) You know? Exactly. Like, why Why do I have to learn how to write other than in order to be able to write in college, you know, at a college level? Why else do I have to do that is the thing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. why, why Why do I need to read Hamlet? I mean, other other than the fact that, <laughs> other, other than the fact that Hamlet is awesome and hilarious, you know, why do I have to read it is the thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, high school English. High school English was the, the most. Why do I have class. to read The Catcher in the Rye? <laughs> yeah, thankfully I didn't have to read that one, but oh, I've heard God. from my friends that, that that was brutal. That was the worst, you, that was you, the worst book I ever read. I forgot what I chose. I don't even remember what I chose at this point. All I know is that we had a senior thesis. And I did my, uh, my senior thesis in high school on CTE. And like that that was the most fun I've ever had with a presentation in my life. That that sounds like amazing. I wish I could have done that. Yeah, like, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, I kinda just shot my shot with my teacher at the time and she was like, This is fantastic. Like, you know, have you found any sources yet? And I showed her like a few medical studies that were, you know, that examined like the brains of former athletes and different things. So, you know what, this is this is awesome. Like you can definitely do this. And when you're, you know, when you're really into something, like five to ten minute presentations become like the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. 
So like I remember I had a I had a class sophomore year here at Rutgers. I had critical issues in sports media and the first big assignment was we had to write a research paper. I don't know if you've taken this class with uh, Professor the first Miller. First class I took when I transferred here actually. Oh with <laughs> Professor Miller? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you remember the research paper? <laughs> I do. I do. So so I did my research paper on uh you know, just the history of like California baseball, you know, when the Dodgers and the Giants moved from New York to California. It was I I just did I did like like I'm not a guy who's good at research I'm not very I, I I'll admit I'm not the greatest at research I don't really enjoy doing it most of the time I did I researched this subject for hours and hours and hours trying to make sure I got everything right you know <laughs> right I just yeah had, I, I just I, had a blast sure. with it. Oh, that critical issues. Shout out to Professor Miller, by the way. That that um that critical issues in sports media class was amazing. I like just the whole idea of it. Like, there were a lot of readings for that class, but it's one of those things where like they're up to date and relevant to the point where I found myself reading a lot of these. Like, I I I read a good chunk of them because you know it's interesting topics, and then I ended up doing my paper on a uh, title nine. In sports. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. And and it was like like again, it's the same kind of thing where like you know you're, you're looking up Title Nine, you're, you're getting like the legal spiel of it, but you're also like you know you're seeing all these like instances in sports, and you're comparing and contrasting to like the terminology and of, of like what the, what the clause entails. It's just so fascinating, you know, mm-hmm. and just how vast the sports world is that's why we're here that's why we're at wrsu entertaining you guys because we we all love sports here like there's so much to dive into every week whether it's a topic whether it's issue whether it's history of the game whether it's um you know a highlight uh, you name it it's there and it's so diverse and Man, I can go on about this for hours, but but um, like, just fantastic, dude. I I I just I recall that I I felt like once I finally got to college, I was like, yeah, now I'm learning stuff that's like useful, and like that I'll actually carry with me, and that's just interesting, and you know, all just been great. I I really wish high school was even half as good. <laughs> You know, in terms yeah, of man. Things, in terms of like, cause I, like I'm not because like, I I I really enjoy learning. Is the thing I enjoy learning things, you know, especially useful things. So, for me, you know, when when the things that I have to learn aren't very interesting, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, well, now what, <laughs> you know. Right. That's exactly. why. That's why. Like, that's why I think college is just so great because, you know, you don't have to go to college if you don't want to, but if you do go to college, you get to learn all the things you want to learn. You know. Yeah, that's the best part about being able to like choose your major. Like, the, and honestly, that's the best part about transferring to Rockers. Like all the classes I've taken so far, because I knew, because I knew coming in, like, like after taking a sports broadcasting course like at a different institution I knew like 
coming in that I wanted to like. At first, I wanted to do like you know like play by play and like all that stuff. But then like you know w- w- when I really got into the nitty gritty with Sports Illustrated covering the Jaguars and like the writing aspect and just like you know like forming a narrative around like interviews we've conducted and things, I realized how just how awesome reporting is. And, you know, you find your niche and you wouldn't be able to find your niche without being able to get the experience, like whether it's at the college level, whether it's at a company in an internship capacity, anything. It's amazing opportunities. And I'm so thankful to Rutgers for that and uh, the connections I've made along the way. Yeah, it is. It is great to be here at Rutgers. I think that's a great way to end. Can we just talk? for today we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to have our final segment where we talk about nfl training camp and storylines you can look forward to going into the 2022 nfl season and if there's time we might even cover some other headlines that may or may not have happened while we were on the show so stay tuned to that you're listening to the Friday Crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Welcome back to the Friday Crew. I'm Jake Maystell, your host alongside Brett Hahn here on the Zoom for one final segment where we talk about NFL training camp, which just started this week. Brett, how excited are you for the 2022 NFL season? I'm very excited. You know, there, there, there's so much, uh, there's so much to look into. And, um, as a, as a New York Jets fan, just being able to see Zach Wilson, uh, take those, hopefully take those next steps, uh, see how the new signings worked out. Uh, they brought in, you know, they brought in DJ Reed, brought in Jordan Whitehead, uh, the shore up that secondary draft, the drafting of sauce Gardner, uh, and to round out a pretty good def- uh, group of defensive additions, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Corey um, Davis, Elijah Moore. Like these are these are pieces. These are promising pieces. I'm not saying the Jets are going to like make the playoffs by any stretch. I think this whole playoff or bust narrative is probably going to like put a lot of unnecessary pressure on them. But. Um, expect a two-win improvement and anything short than that with the talent we have added is disappointing so yeah I mean there's a lot to look forward to with the New York Jets and you know when it comes to my team the New York Giants I mean look let let's let's be real here the Giants aren't gonna make a lot of noise this year I mean they're gonna they're gonna be better I think they're gonna be better you know, they've got a much better offensive line than they've had in past years, you know, just by virtue of drafting Evan Neal and bringing in some good free agents from Buffalo. Uh, you know, I'm starting to scent a theme here. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we just we got a better defense, you know, with a solid pass rush now headed up by Leonard Williams and rookie Kayvon Thibodeau. You got Dexter Lawrence in the middle of the line. 
And some, you know, Aziz Ojolari on the other side from Thibodeau. Looks like it's going to be a good pass rush. I think the main weakness right now is the secondary. We'll see how that pans out. And obviously, you know, you got the make or break year for Daniel Jones. They did not exercise his fifth year option. So, you know, what's going to happen? I'm thinking Daniel Jones is going to have a bounce back year. He's going to do better. He's going to have his best season. I don't know if he's going to make it. As a giant from that, but he's going to have his best season. Giants will probably go 7-10. and 10. You'll hear me say this a lot as we get closer to the season. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat this a lot, that the Giants are going to go 7-10. and 10. It's going to be a good 7-10, and 10, but it's going to be 7-10, and 10, I think. Um, as for other teams, I mean, there's a lot to look out for. You know, you've got... we've let, Let's just dive right into it. You know, some of the drama surrounding... Uh, Kyler Murray and his new contract. He just signed a big extension. And, uh, you know, there was a certain addendum that was in the contract. Now it's been removed. That was uh, raising a lot of eyebrows. I'm sure you saw this, Brett. The the uh, independent study clause. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. And, um, it, you know, because, you know, they're – there's two things immediately that come to my mind, right? Like when you when you sign a player to that kind of money and you have to put that kind of clause in a contract initially, do you have a lot of faith in his long term outcome? If you have to put that kind of that clause in a contract, it doesn't sound very promising. No, you know? it, it it doesn't sound very promising to me, which is why I think it's odd. Because like I mean, if if they doubt. Kyler Murray's ability that much? Why'd they sign him that much money, right? I don't think they doubt his ability. I, I just doubt... I, 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 I just think they doubt his willingness to continue to improve. You know? Like, natural talent can only get you so far. I mean, whether the, the Arizona Cardinals removed the clause because they thought they thought back on their decision and had second thoughts, or they did it because of the pressure that was immediately caused in the media circulation. That's something that we'll never know, but you know, but 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 if you're looking at it from Kyler Murray's perspective, right? You know, you had this clause put in your contract you didn't want. It ended up getting leaked to the to the press. Press ran away with this. I mean, I, I mean, as expected, ran away with this news headline. And now Kyler Murray, for the rest of his career, is going to be known as the guy who doesn't study. So. Like, well, now, now he doesn't have to do his homework. He, he, he's now got a free pass. No more homework for Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's not really a rep you want to carry. It It's not. It kind of... I, I remember when I saw it on social media, I saw a lot of people kind of comparing it to, uh, you know, Jamarcus Russell and the blank CDs thing. You know, and it, 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 just, it was rubbing a lot of people the wrong way that they were treating Kyler Murray that way, you know? And, and, it, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, too, because, it's like, you've got this guy. You 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 signed him to this money. You you have faith in him as your franchise quarterback. You have faith in his talent, his ability. You don't have faith in his, you know, will to get better and make the team better. I mean, I, I, and the other thing is, you're going to tell me that of all the things that you should be concerned about, you're going to be concerned about Kyler Murray? You know, try, you know, and whether or not he really wants to put in the work and the effort necessary to make the team better—that that just kind of seems ridiculous to me. 
because you got so many other issues on this team, and Kyler Murray has not been one of them. Yeah, and Kyler Murray is the reason why the Cardinals are even in this position to begin with. He's the reason they were in the playoffs. Let us not forget that Josh Rosen was their first-round pick, and then a year later, it immediately had the call upon Kyler Murray at the first overall pick. And let's not even... Let's also yeah. not forget the absolute hack of a head coach that they have in Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's... you know, <laughs> hey, like in real life, questionable in Madden, air raid offense is crazy. <laughs> I just want you to know that. No, I mean, but, but I'm not. I am but... not questioning his air raid <laughs> offensive scheme. I'm questioning him as a coach. You know, he. If anybody needs an independent study clause in his contract, it's Cliff Kingsbury because he just falls off halfway through the season. I mean, let me tell you, this is this is not the first year this has happened with the Arizona Cardinals where, you know, they they start off the year great, they start off with an amazing record, and then all of a sudden they fall off a cliff hard, and they're not the same team by the time they get to the postseason, and then they get their butts whipped by a real team and the L.A. Rams who go on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, you had the division in your back pocket, and then, you know, you lose it. That's not Kyler Murray's fault. That's coaching. That's coaching. You're going to tell me that Kyler Murray's the one who needs to do some studying. No, I think it's Cliff Kingsbury having too good of a time in that mansion of his. <laughs> And he just got an extension. Yeah, he did just so he's get there an for extension. a while. He 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 did just get an extension. If I was an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'd be having an ulcer right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah the 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 initial reviews were uh, were very mixed <laughs> in the comment sections of the Twitter Bleacher Report, ESPN, everything, man, like uh, it's all over the place. Um. Yeah, but I mean, kind of going back, kind of go back to training camp a little bit. Like, you know, this is the period where, you know, especially at the beginning of things, where you know you're you're slowly integrating, uh, you're slowly integrating your playbook. You're trying to see how the new pieces fit, uh, different competitions play out, and and in the worst unfortunate cases, you got injuries. We got one major injury that's already happened, and yesterday it was. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Pro Bowl center Ryan Jansen sustained a major knee injury. He's going to be out months. That's a huge blow to the top, to uh, offensive line that was pretty good last season, but also lost um, lost uh, you know uh, Ali Marpet to retirement. And, you know, really needed Jansen's durability and Pro Bowl caliber play in calling the shots. So it's, it, so I, I wanted to, you know, I guess I kind of want to get your thoughts, Jake, on like, you know, tra- like the training camp atmosphere and how different uh, injuries and things can affect the team's outlook going into the preseason. Um, it, it can definitely affect a lot. I mean, you, I'll always flash back to 2016, you know, the Vikings are having a perfectly normal training camp, you know, no no contact happening here with the quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater goes down with a freak knee injury. He's out for two years. You know, they got to make an emergency trade to get into Sam Bradford. It can change your not just your entire season, but it can change, you know, one bad injury, one, one you know, 
wrong step by a player can change the entire outlook of a franchise for years. I mean, I don't think this is going to be the case with Tampa Bay Bucks because I think I think they're a pretty well-run organization. Obviously, they have the greatest quarterback of all time at the helm. You know, Tom Brady, who they just gave him another weapon <laughs> in Julio Jones. Um, so that that's not going to be a thorn in anyone's side at all. Definitely, never could never happen. Um, <laughs> but I I, th- I think the thing for me is. You know, with the Bucks, they're probably they're gonna make a move. They'll 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 find a suitable replacement for Jansen, you know, for the time being. And then hopefully get him back into the fold, either maybe not this season, but probably next season and you know hopefully everything's hunky dory from there. They don't have to worry about him and his durability from there. But I think the the big concern for me is, you know, when you have a bad injury with a major, like, skill position player like a Teddy Bridgewater or, let's say, your star wide receiver goes down. Like, let's say Mike Evans went down in training camp, you know? That would be just absolutely devastating. Or let's say, you know, the Rams are gearing up to try and run it back and Aaron Donald twists his knee in the wrong way and he's done for the season. That just that kills any momentum you could have had for the year. You know? And yeah, you can find a replacement, but the the morale is going to be lower, right? The morale is just not going to be the same as it would have been if if you had that guy there. So, you know, I mean, it's training camp is it, it can be brutal. It can be pretty brutal. I mean, the NFL is doing things to try and make training camp safer. You know, they, they have those those guardian caps that they're putting on the helmets, you know, that they're forcing everybody to wear through training camp. They look a little silly, but, you know, if it pre- prevents head injuries, I'm all for it. You know, as long as we don't have to see them in a game, you know, if they can learn how to play safe in the game and, you know, limit those head injuries, it's fine. But it, training camp can be brutal. It it It's, it's rough out there. You know, especially with the guys who are tr- who are trying to fight for those roster spots. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm kind of glad you you ended with that point because that's what makes training camp. You know, you know, like yeah, sure, it's an off season program, and sure, maybe it'll be a little bit more low key because you know you're trying to slowly reintegrate a playbook, you're trying to prevent any major catastrophes. But these guys who are fighting their butts off to make a roster they're going to give it their all and they're going to leave it on the field. So that ends any potential, like uh, that ends, honestly, unless you're planning on doing uh, no non-contact practices the entire time, which just isn't feasible because eventually you do have to add pads to the equation. Then those guys that are fighting for their roster are going to give it their all in that practice field. And they're going to, they're going to go hard. It, it, It raises the tempo and the intensity for the rest of the team. So it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if you're tenured. It doesn't matter if you know if you're um, you have a safe spot. You're locked up at a starter job. You're, you're going to be thrown into the thick of a physical battle for someone trying to take your position and for the competitive nature of the team to run this course. Which in the NFL, for not for long for a reason. Yeah. So so you got it. So you got to fight for everything that you have. And in training camp, you know, is a good opportunity to do it. It's also a good opportunity to, uh, as we mentioned earlier, to expand on competitions and really put a microscope on that. 
Uh, there was news that came out today. Um, I, I, uh, covering the Jaguars training camp, uh, along with uh, primary beat reporter John Shipley. Shout out to him. He's an excellent professional. Um, the Jaguars did sign another, another kicker today. Their kicking competition has been the talk of uh, the offseason for that unit because out of their kickers last season, Matthew Wright and Josh Lambeau, they didn't really have much production from either of them. And, you know, going into this, going into training camp, they had two kickers that were fighting for the spot. Uh, Ryan Santoso, who has played with three teams in his four, three teams in uh, four years and as a career journeyman and a rookie by the name of Andrew Mevis, who don't get me wrong. Andrew Mevis in college, you know, he set records. He was, he was, he was amazing at his respective school, but he was released today uh, in a, in a funny tweet from uh, Adam Schefter over here saying that, he missed three field goals. Mevis missed three field goal attempts during training camp warmups, and one of them hit a former Cowboys head coach. Like, can't you can't make this stuff up. And now, now that to replace his spot in the competition, they signed veteran Elliot Fry. But you know, point being that some positions of uncertainty get highlighted in this period of the offseason yeah it's, it's, and, and it's you're seeing Jacksonville with the kickers so and really across the league I mean you're you're, you're seeing it with different teams in in different spots as well like like the, the quarterback competition in Carolina Sam Darnold against Baker who would have thought that four years down the line that would be the competition for a team starting job yeah, and in Carolina, you know, they didn't draft either of those players. Oh. Both draft busts fighting for a chance at starting. I don't like Baker as a bust. He's not a bust. I don't I don't He's a bust for where that. he got drafted. Absolutely. Do I think he's going to have a successful career potentially as like a fringe starter or a backup? Sure. Do I think he's a bust? Do do I think he was like living up to his lofty standard? Absolutely not. Oh. So there's still plenty of time for for him to, you know, prove that he was rightfully selected number 1 overall. I think I think, you know, something that's interesting though is just that, that you're right that that quarterback competition is going to be interesting because obviously you got Sam Darnold out there who's just seeing ghosts everywhere he goes. And then you got Baker Mayfield. I don't want to be reminded. <laughs> and then you got Baker Mayfield who who is a great player but a little too trigger happy with the with the throws doesn't always make the best throws and he tries way too hard to tough it out through the injuries sometimes i mean he was playing injured half like most of the year last year which was not which was not the right move for him he should not have been doing that and it cost his team so it did cost his team and Excuse me, and it and it cost him, um, you know, you know, and it cost him respect of his teammates too. Because I mean, like, you don't know what's going on in that locker room. But Cleveland, with the roster they currently have constructed, are built to the playoffs. For guys that are trying to fight for a Super Bowl trophy, you, like getting in the way of that is something that's not going to rub them the right way. And I, you know, 
I'm not here to say like, oh, Baker purposely chose to play, you know, for selfish reasons, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure he was doing it to help the team out. But it's kind of like you were saying, Jake, like there is a point where, you know, you have to like, especially with, you know, especially like in a critical point of the season, if you're not fit to play, you got to take time to rest. You got to do what you got to do for your body and you got to do what's, you know, for the betterment of your, of your team. You know, right? Because playing injured and, can cost your team more than not playing. Like, like, don't get me wrong. In I mean, some like this is this is, this is not this is like Baker Mayfield. Like he's a talented player, but like let let let's be real here. Fifty percent of Baker Mayfield's not better than a hundred percent of everyone else. That's not how this works. You know? No, I I I completely agree, and. It's kind of like you're saying, like, he's not a world beater. He's not overly mobile and athletic for the position. He's, you know, he, like like many young quarterbacks uh, in their first few years, he often locks eyes with one receiver, and that kind of ruins the natural progression of plays. I mean, I mean, kind of looking at, kind of going along on that topic, I mean, that was something that bothered me about Zach Wilson last year and, and has me scared for his future outlook. Zach Wilson... Zach Wilson and Geno Smith and like all these quarterbacks, you know, who are like who've come through like the and, and you know let's just even say Mark Sanchez, even though he wasn't really known for his arm strength. Let's just say Mark Sanchez. All right, these are quarterbacks that came through the Jets system that they you know that they drafted that they expected high things and are living proof that talent. And strength is a fantastic quality that you need a quarterback to have, but nothing, nothing will make you a better player except for learning and understanding fundamentals and progression on your reads. And that's something that young quarterbacks, it takes them a while to do. It, it, you, you, you can't teach the mental, you can teach the mental aspect of the game, but like, you know, how to do things, but it's on you as a player to enact it and to really come to terms with what what is required. And, and that's another thing with Sam Darnold, too. That's what I forgot to mention. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold would make the most boneheaded throws. He still does. You're cutting out there, Brett. I can't hear you at all. Uh, let me try to... Here, let me try to fix this. <laughs> Yeah, you hear, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, Brett. Uh, well, I don't know where I left off, but 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 the point being that you know, uh, a lot of young quarterbacks, you know, the main thing is um, not locking eyes with your primary receiver and progressing reads. That's something that you know takes time to learn and. 100% of Baker doesn't do that, and you know 50% of Baker is definitely not going to do it. So it was a it was a hindrance to himself and to the team. So Yeah. I guess, I guess let, let's end on one final note that isn't necessarily performance-related. I want to get your thoughts, Brett. Who's got the coolest alternate helmets in, in the game right now, and why is it the New York Football Giants? <laughs> <laughs> the Giants. I don't know if it's the Giants. Uh, oh, I actually don't know. That's tough. Uh, I mean, like, I'm 
I'm kind of biased. I really like the New York Titans uniforms a lot. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm going to be honest, though. If it weren't for the fact that, like, half of the NFL teams either have a primary or alternate helmet that is black, I would be like, oh, yeah, the Jets' alternate helmets are, like, so sick because the, the black with the green is really cool, and the fact that they have the green face mask I think is just, like, excellent, you know? Like, I love it. I love the look. But the problem is you got, like, ten other teams who are also doing black alternate helmets, so it's like, well, I, I guess nobody can be original around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, um, the, kind of go along with, like, you know, the alternate uh, theme. Like, I don't know, like, I like when teams wear some of these jerseys are some of these jerseys are just like you know why like like what what inspired you to just come out with this trash? I mean, you know like, what I mean. The the Giants is completely understandable because they, they're bringing back the the eighties and nineties uniforms. You know the throwbacks. You know makes perfect sense. That's kind of what that like. I like what the uh, the Falcons and the Cowboys and the Giants and the Patriots. That's right. They're all coming out with their throwback alternates with the alternate helmets, and that's cool. Like some of the teams, like like why why you gotta have a black alternate, right? That just doesn't make any sense. You're not you're not a team that. What if you're not a team that really wears black? Like why do the Arizona Cardinals have a black alternate? They don't wear black. Black is not one of their colors. <laughs> yeah, and the Bengals have this white and black one. Like well, why would the, it be the, orange the and black? white makes sense because you know they got the whole tiger aesthetic going on, right? You know, sure, but you're, they're you're, the Bengals, so they go with like the black. white, the the white Bengal look. Like it makes sense, but like, why the Cardinals? Why are they black? You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like, I'm looking at all the helmets right now. Uh huh. Like scrolling through it, and you know, I, I, I I'm a big fan of the Falcons one. I think the Falcons like this cherry red they're doing is incredible yeah the the the, the nice throwback i kind of wish they bring back the old um, red jerseys that they wore with them but you know <laughs> yeah the, the bears why why i don't orange? know yeah i'm looking why? at this like <laughs> going into this topic i didn't like the bears that much but now that i'm looking at the photo for a second time this is hideous like <laughs> Like you, you have some of the most class, some of the best looking, most classic uniforms in the NFL. So the clearly the 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 thing going on in their heads is like, okay, we're an alternate. How can we butcher this as much as we butchered our stadium? <laughs> you outdone yeah, yourselves. You outdone yourselves, Bears. You really have. Those orange helmets are some of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> you have to admit, though. You have to admit the Jets one is amazing. Oh no, it's awesome! I love it. Jets one is the Jets one with the new black and green jersey design is amazing. Oh no, it's 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 great. You, you won't find me complaining about that one. You just find me complaining that the that all the other teams are copycats. But you know the the, yeah, the Jets doing. Oh no, I love it. I love it. I, I I'm I'm here for it. You know. <laughs> I do really like what the Giants did with theirs, though. This is, like, honestly, like, it it, it gives me, like, 
Lawrence Taylor era Giants. Well, like, yeah, that's what that's what they're short. going for here because they bring they brought back the jerseys too, you know, from that era. You know, with the yeah. with the red and that white, was a smart move with the red and white stripes. You know, it's something the fans have been asking for for like at, for like at least a decade. <laughs> you know, they wanted those throwbacks. We wanted those throwbacks to come in. So, you know, I call seeing Eli Manning tweet. He was kind of jealous he didn't get to wear that jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know imagine imagine eli in that design imagine eli in like one of your super bowl wins rocking that that jersey like that that would that would have been sick i uh, those, those when you look those, those jerseys scream super bowl to me <laughs> oh for sure they scream dominant defense too yeah, Symbolism I mean, is just how un- fitting is that, that when the Giants draft Kayvon Thibodeau, that that is when they they bring back, you know these these jerseys. I I think it's I think it's so fitting. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. No. This is definitely the this is definitely the right time to bring them out, and you know, just just another factor to be excited about with the NFL season completely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining me, Brett. This has been so much Thank fun. Thank you for having me, Jake. Um, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Friday Crew here on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. We are going to be back next week, next Monday, with your regularly scheduled crew. But for now, enjoy your weekend. And if you're still planning on tuning in, listening to WRSU, then stay tuned to 88.7 FM or online at WRSU.org for further programming.